Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to The Daily Break. I'm Andrew Tallman. Here's what's happening today at Newsweek. In case you haven't noticed, tattoos have become far more common and prevalent today than they ever were, say, 50 years ago. In fact, they're so common that major organizations like the military have dramatically reduced their restrictions on tattoos, mainly because they realized that if they prohibited people from having them, they would not be able to get enough recruits in order to staff the forces. Similarly, police departments as paramilitary organizations have found that they have to adapt to the changing times when it comes to tattoo protocol. Some departments have begun allowing tattoos with restrictions about face, hands, visibility, and others have even moved to allowing visible tattoos, saying that basically that reflects the community that people serve, and it's not weird at all for people to see cops with tattoos. But maybe the choice of tattoo matters. Enter Eric Weda, Cincinnati Police Department officer, who was recently fired because he violated the department protocols on tattoos. Now, now he violated them first because he has them visibly on his hands, in fact, on his knuckles. CPD policy says no tattoos on face, neck, head, or hands. But that's not why this is a news story. It's a news story because of Officer Wida's choice of tattoo on his knuckles. The right knuckle had the letters P-U-R-E, pure. So far, so good. No big deal. On the left hand, the knuckles read E-V-I-L, evil. So putting them together, faced out, pure evil for a police officer. Yeah, CPD said, we're going to move you to the impound lot while we investigate, and then we're just going to go ahead and terminate you, which he is now appealing. He says it wasn't meant to look like what it looks like, representing him. He said it was meant to be the struggle between good and evil and that they were meant to be read separately. You know, like separate issues of a magazine, pure on the one hand, and I still don't know how evil would match up with being a cop, but okay. I vaguely feel like this could be a comic book character, only instead of having the tattoos, they would be like brass knuckles, you know, and the right hand would be for the good guys. He would punch them and leave the mark pure, and then with the left hand, when he baps you on the face, you evil tattooed across your face. The brass knuckleator has spoken. I'll admit it's a work in progress. And I guess it does sort of raise the question of what if he had gone with love instead of evil on the other hand? Because apparently the objection isn't entirely about the fact that it violated policy, but about it not representing the community policing kind of element that CPD is striving for. And now from the stories with a lot of complicated long words file... I bring you an atomic layer deposition for the zinc oxide and nanoprint lithography for the polymer template on the hydrogel material. Skin. They're making skin. Not just any skin. Research being done at the Institute of Solid State Physics at Graz Technical University in Austria, they have come up with a highly developed 3-in-1 hybrid smart skin that can be used to detect touch, temperature, and moisture at the sensitivity of 2,000 individual sensors per square millimeter. Per square millimeter. So this skin that could be used to go on the, let's say, outside of a robot or could be used on uh, a prosthetic that a human might wear is a combination of materials. One is a smart polymer in the form of a hydrogel inside a shell of piezoelectric zinc oxide. The words don't matter too much except to the people making the stuff. That hydrogel absorbs water and can expand with changes in humidity and temperature. 
which then exerts pressure on the zinc oxide, which responds to this and sends an electrical signal. So what you wind up having is a wafer-thin mint, uh, excuse me, a wafer-thin material that reacts simultaneously to force, moisture, and temperature with extremely high spatial resolution and then gives out corresponding electronic signals. The first round of artificial skin samples they're working with are 6 micrometers thin, or 0.006 millimeters. For comparison, human skin is about 2 millimeters thick. And as far as sensitivity goes, your skin can pick up things about the size of a millimeter squared, sort of in the vicinity of a mechanical lead for a pencil. The new smart skin that's already far thinner than your own skin can pick things up that are a thousand times smaller, including, for example, microorganisms. So theoretically, some future nurse bot in the hospital with artificial skin might be able to, I don't know, finger swab a wound and detect whether it's been infected with a bacteria or not. And which kind? As far as the manufacturing capability, this is basically being done with the sorts of machines that already produce microchips, so it's not all that revolutionary. But with that level of sensitivity and variety of information that it could convey, I I mean, we're talking like superhero suits as far as I'm concerned. Like Tony Stark would wear this. And I hate to be the guy who is consistently amazed by and also opposed to technology, certain technological developments. I'm just saying, we seem to be moving very quickly down the robots can be made to look just like people path. And I've seen how those movies go, and they're not good outcomes for us. My CPU is a neural net processor, a learning computer. No, thank you. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And finally, we go to Nashville for some fellows from Texas who had gone out of town on a crime spree where they robbed an ATM technician. So 1040 in the morning, four guys, Darius Dugas, Sashandre Dugas, Christopher Aloten, and Ladezian Riley, all in their late 20s, early 30s, allegedly left their hotel room and approached a man servicing an ATM and told him not to do anything stupid while they took all the money that he was overseeing. But then using cameras in the vicinity, the police were able to figure out that one of the getaway vehicles, a Hyundai Elantra, had been rented from Hertz. Using the information from Hertz and the assistance of some aviation units, I assume that's helicopters, they found the Hyundai in a maroon Jeep parked at the Motel 6 in Dixon. Then they waited. After a while, some cash was loaded into the Jeep, and one couple pulled away from the motel in the Jeep, and the other couple pulled away in the Hyundai, and the Dixon police moved in and arrested everybody. In and of itself... Not all that interesting a story, except for a giant pile of money that they recovered. No amount given in the story, but my best guess would be at least in the tens of thousands of dollars category. But what makes this story so interesting is that apparently this is a side hustle for one of the defendants, 30-year-old Ladijian Riley, is also a rap star. Well, a rap performer, let's say. He goes by the name 213 Jug God. I don't make these things up. And he recently had released a song on YouTube entitled Make It Home in which he raps about going out of town to commit a robbery on an ATM in another state, having thousands of dollars in the vehicle, and then praying that they don't get caught up in a car chase with the police and make it home safely. I mean, it just sounds to me like they had a plan, and they came up with a good way to memorize the plan, that they were going to create a rap so that they could all know exactly what they were supposed to do when they went out of town to rob the ATM, according to the song. 
but apparently the choose-your-own-adventure outcome wasn't quite what they had in mind. According to Douglas Griffith, who is the president of the Houston Police Officers Union, the habit of singing about the crimes you plan to do is dumb, and in this case, convicted felons doing their music videos with guns, how dumb is that? That right there is enough for them to get charged again. But I, I see, I just see these things in a completely different light. I want the criminals to be this dumb. That makes them far easier to catch and more entertaining when they are. That's it for the Daily Break. Be sure to head over to Newsweek.com for these stories and more, including our growing podcast lineup. Please consider subscribing to the digital and print editions of Newsweek if you haven't already. Hit the five-star rating before you go. I appreciate it. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to the Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek.